Faith FM, you're listening to the breakfast show this morning. You are on with Laola and Monona. Nah, I'm kidding. <laughs> Lyle and Mon this morning. You're listening to 87.6 and 7.88 FM. Right across Australia, right across the Faith FM network, as Lyle says every single morning. <laughs> Maybe I thought I'd give you a turn this morning, Mon. Yeah, do you know Lawson and I used to like just do that together in sync every single morning while you were gone? Yeah, no. I know, I know. <laughs> Welcome to The Breakfast Show. Uh, you are indeed listening to Faith FM's Breakfast Show. Uh, we are up for a ride today, Lyle, by the looks of things. We are uh, shooting in the dark here this morning. Shooting we in the dark. We have absolutely no screen operating in our uh, office. There is no signal. There is uh, nothing happening. We have no idea when the next song is going to just... I guess we'll just talk forever. We'll just talk. <laughs> when the song kits, kicks in, we'll, we'll shut up. up. Yeah. Mid-sentence. It's going to be a very song interrupty day. This is a reminder. You are listening to the delayed broadcast here on Faith FM. If you would like to listen to the live show and interact with Mon and myself for the breakfast show, then simply go to faithfm.com.au and press play or use the Tune In radio app. So what are you grateful for this morning, Lyle? Bible workers. Oh, really? How come? Um, because Bible workers are just awesome. Really? Yeah, absolutely. They're just amazing. Just anyone in particular that you're grateful for this morning? I'm grateful for all Bible workers because Bible workers, you know, they just give their time. They go out, they study the Bible with people. And so many people enjoy it so much. And, yeah, if you'd like to... Uh, um, yeah, study the Bible with someone. Give us a call and we'll hook you up with a um, a Bible worker in our area or in your area, somebody that you can study the Bible with. I think they do an amazing job. I really do. They do. They do an amazing job. Two of my, three of my housemates are Bible workers and they are really lovely people. Yeah. Three of your housemates? Three of my housemates, yeah. Well, do, you, do, you, do you live with anyone who is not a Bible worker? Me? <laughs> <laughs> I, I used to be a Bible worker back in the day. You did? You did? <laughs> you what, three years? Yeah, a long time ago, maybe like ten, yeah, well, like ten years ago, Lyle. <laughs> it's a long time ago now. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. well, there is a song coming up. We don't know what the song is, but we do know that you're going to enjoy this song. It's going to be amazing. It's going to wake you up because yeah. it is the breakfast show. Because producer Shell picked it, and it'll be a good one. So yeah, stay tuned. It's coming up, like I'm guessing, sometime around about now by the feels of. Oh, there it is. There it is. <laughs> How good are we? <laughs> a garden, there was a man, he was so lonely, but God had a plan, God had a plan, he fell asleep but never could dream, he'd wake up to the most beautiful thing he'd ever seen, but there she was, and there you are.
Welcome back, guys. You're listening to Faith FM, 87.6, 87.8, or 88, right across Australia. And that was an artist. <laughs> of some description. With we a don't song. know who, because we have no screen. Our screen is dead. <laughs> I kind of like it. We've got to shoot in the dark. Feeling our way through this show. <laughs> it's going to be great. No idea how long uh, I've got now. <laughs> see, everybody used to think we were really smart and we knew the um, all of the artists. And now you're going to find out we don't know who anyone is. <laughs> don't tell on us, Lyle. It's already bad enough. <laughs> yeah, so those of you who don't know, uh, we usually have a massive screen in front of us that tells us how many minutes and seconds and microseconds we have before uh, the next song starts and how long until the song ends and, you know, basically and a who run the sheet. Song, who the song is. And yeah. Who the artist is. And we can see the whole program for the whole day. We have nothing. Nothing now. Not a thing. So I couldn't even tell you how many seconds I have left to talk before the next song starts. Who knows? Who knows what happens? I feel like anything could happen today, Lyle. Anything could happen. You never got to tell us what you were thankful for, Mon. Yeah, I think it's because we were freaking out about the screen. Probably. I am guess I'm grateful for when tech does work. Okay. Because when it doesn't work... It makes you realise how good it is when it does work. <laughs> <laughs> yes, indeed. Uh, Lyle. Yes. All tech aside, mm. it is time to do the breakfast Bible quiz. Let's do it. Now, we don't need tech for this. Praise Let's the do Lord. the breakfast Bible quiz. Praise the Lord, we don't need tech for this. Okay, so this is a What Book Am I quiz, and the first clue is a quote from this book already. The quote is this. Satan rose up against Israel and incited David to take a census of Israel. Very interesting quote. Okay. Do you know who that is? Uh Uh-huh. Are you sure? Write it down. I don't believe you. Read me the clue again. This is a quote from this book. This is a What Book of My Quiz. Satan rose up against Israel and incited David to take a census of Israel. I'm going to go with... This one. You are so wrong. Oh, yeah. give us a call quick. You know, the, you know the rules here. If you can tell us the answer before Lyle does, you do get double prizes. So give us a call because once Lyle knows it, there's only one prize up for grabs today. Yep. Only one prize up All right. For so what have we got for the... Um, what have we got for the... You don't even know what's going on, do you? No. Screen's I've, I've, gone. You're totally screen's gone. I'm just... I'm, 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 You're like, I think I'm, I'm, I think I'm on the radio. I'm not quite sure what is happening. My brain has been switched <laughs> off. What do you got for positively different news? No, by the way? I can't. Oh, producer Shell, can you move your phone a nah, bit so we can it. both see the time? It's just like, an ingenious, ingenious device of producer Shell. She's put her phone up with a timer on it so that we can see how much longer we have. So we have seven minutes and 17, 16, 15 seconds. Okay. How genius is producer okay. Shell? She's amazing. This is why you married Saving her. Saving our isn't life. It? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that and she's really, really pretty. Um. <laughs> that, was, that was the main reason. Lyle, check this out. Check this out right here. Check it out, Shell. Producer Shell, check this out. Did you make that? I made it. Isn't it um, pretty terrible? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's actually not bad. So if what I'm holding up is a square canvas. It's pretty small. What's is that, that like? canvas? It looks like a piece of wood to me. Uh, it is artist Ooh, canvas, canvas board. Yeah. Oh, it's uh, 12 inch by 12 inch. So 30... 305, mili- 305 millimetres by 305 millimetres. I'm going to let you have your millimetres there. 100% cotton. Yeah, you know, 30, you were going to go 30.5 centimetres, weren't you? <laughs> yeah, such a dressmaker. <laughs> anyway, so this is, a, this is a, a painting that I have painted and I actually had in the back of my car and I had no intention of ever showing it to anyone because it's not that great. Um, but when I looked at the news report coming out today, I thought to myself, do you know what? This is amazing. This is perfect. I'm so happy right now because, Lyle, mm-hmm. a new research has come out, uh, a new study come out. Showing that art therapy reduces stress-led headaches by up to forty percent. Okay, so you had a massive headache yesterday. 
I, I was, yeah. Actually, do you know what? I can testify this. This is incredible, right? Because I signed up recently to do an art course. So I'm now studying art um, just in the evenings on Monday nights, right? And uh, this is news to me. I didn't tell you this. No. Well, I'm telling you now. It's an acrylic painting course. And uh, this Monday was my first Monday. And this is what I created. It's, uh, it's a little silhouette scene of some birds sitting in some branches. I actually wanted to do like a really sort of cobalt blue sky and <clears throat> accidentally wound up with this more teal color. <laughs> I don't know how I got there, but I did. I <laughs> just mixing paint. And it kind of works. <laughs> it's artistic. See, this <laughs> is the great thing about art. You can um, you can just say, hey. The funny the- thing is, like, I spent so much time getting the background color right that by the time I got you know, down to doing the branches and the leaves. I was running out of time, so it was very much of a rush job. Mm-hmm. Um, but you can see here I've got my got my folder with all my little bits and pieces about I l- art. I like painting, you know. Oh, re- dude, you should come do it with me. Yeah, I'm not so much into acrylic. Oh, what are you into? Oils? Fancy, Two pack. fancy. Two pack? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Please go back to Bunnings. <laughs> <laughs> What's wrong with Two pack? I love Two pack. <laughs> yeah, I love Two pack too until he got shot. Um, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I don't really know any songs. Uh, anyway, but Tupac this is, is really great. Cool. I, I, I painted a car in Two pack the other day. Oh, did you? Mm-hmm. Well, few months back maybe a year ago i don't remember i'm guessing two pack is some sort of spray paint for cars yeah 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 of course why am i not Love surprised painting. why am i not Painting's surprised great anyway 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 lyle um so yeah so i did the, and do you know what i can testify that this is true because i was wondering why on monday night when i had like a killer headache from basically sunday through to today i was wondering why on monday night when i went to the art class because i was thinking to myself this is terrible i have a headache now i have to go to a class my first class but while i was painting it just melted away and i was like Praise the Lord that I didn't have a headache while I was in this paint class, especially because like, there's a little bit of fumes. Like not bad, but there's like we're in like a, a studio, so the fumes were like uh, happening. I see how it works. And no, I don't know. I no, see no, how no. it works. Don't go down there. I was surprised it didn't make it worse. <laughs> Mum goes to art class. <laughs> we all know why. <laughs> No, no, no. It's not. It's acrylic. It's not going to make you high. Anyway, <laughs> anyway. So, um, yeah. They then I'm reading this study that came out this morning. I was like, this makes total sense. This was published in the American Psychological Association's uh, annual report. I didn't actually know that teenagers experience higher levels of stress than adults. I was like, what on earth are they stressed about? It's not like they have a mortgage or anything. Um, <laughs> anyway, so it's concluded that, um, uh. It's uh, that they that they need to somehow alleviate stress from students in particular because they said the thing that really spikes their stress is school, um, and so they've decided schools. Let's call it turning into sort of trying to find programs um, to ease up on the stress, and they've been doing lots of research into what kind of activities students can find useful. And the University of Washington did a pilot study uh, on art based activities, um, and so. Th- uh, for three weeks, they did two, uh, like twice a week. They did art, art therapy session, and the girls in particular reported a significantly um, in- decrease in headaches. So, they had at the beginning of the study they were reporting seven point three eight headaches on average, uh, but by the end of the study the number had dropped to four point six three, which is almost forty percent decrease. That's wow. enormous, enormous drop, and uh, and the drop remained even after seven weeks after the study had finished. Wow. Which is true because, you know, now that my first class is finished, my first class of this art course is finished, every time I think about the art class and I think about what I did and what I get to do soon and like, you know, even though my art is pretty rubbish, like I'm, I'm definitely not, you know, a, Deca- you know, a Da Vinci or a Picasso or anything, it still makes me just to really honest, happy I and peaceful. It looks all the same to me. Oh, 
thank you. I want to take that one as a compliment, even though usually it just makes you sound bogan. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so I, I'm I'm really stoked about this. I'm really stoked that I've you know I found something that and I do wonder why because I've I've already said. I tell you why. I tell you exactly why. What? It's like this: um, the Bible in Genesis chapter one. Reveals a God who is creative by nature. Yeah. And in Genesis chapter 1, the Bible says that we were created in the image of God. In mm-hmm. other words, there are attributes of divinity that he has passed on to us. And one of the attributes of God that he has passed on to us is to uh, find fulfillment in creation. Yeah. So we were designed, we were created to be creative. And when we exercise our creativity, we are acting in the image of God. It was, it, we are, we are fulfilling our God given role here on this earth and we need to encourage creativity whenever and wherever we can and develop it within ourselves and you know what? I, I've, I've said this before on the show but when i am creative when i'm creating like where it's whether it's crochet or knitting or or anything else or here in painting it's often the time that i feel closest to god mm-hmm. and i feel like i feel like a sense of peace and like everything's you know all right just for that minute everything's all right because i'm just and it just it, it feels really good and it feels like I'm doing something that it's almost like I understand how God felt when He was creating the world because it just it's it's just such a joy, and yeah, oh, I love it. Anyway, so that's that's my little good news story today, Lyle. Um, so yeah, definitely encouraging everyone to get out there and do some art. It doesn't have to be you know some sort of fancy schmancy oil painting with some sort of you know gesso primed canvas. Just get a piece of printer paper out of the printer and some coloured pencils and just. Just go for it. Or go and buy a Color compressor, outside spray the gun, lines. and paint a car. Yeah, yeah. I'm wondering why this was teenage girls and not teenage boys. I'm wondering if maybe teenage boys are like, no. You know how teenage boys are like trying to be all manly and they think art's for girls? Like maybe they needed like... Yeah, I think there's a lot of guys out there that are very much into art and creativity. I've got some uh, some fantastic male friends who are just amazing artists. Oh, yeah. Just some of the most outstanding artists I've ever come across. Oh, and, there's a song. Oh. Is that the song? No, nope. that was an alarm. <laughs> Freaking out here about it's this gonna song. It's going to come sooner or later. Now this song's going to start. I just know it. <laughs> or maybe I've got like another eight minutes. No, I'm kidding. Oh, no, there it is. Here it comes. The song. Okay, so that's Bethany Dillon with Satisfy according to the handwritten note on the window. I was just thinking to myself, how do you know that? Producer <laughs> 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 Shell's written on a piece of notepaper. I know that music. can be filled with regrets We never forget where we've gone wrong All my God sins Ready to forgive All of our sins In a crimson flood It is so beautiful It's so you in depravity, needing your mercy even in my first hour. I'm proof the cross is as able today as when the lamb was slain on the altar.
That song ended kind of fast. Yeah, Just we weren't prepared for that. Came to an end, but it's over. Um, and I think it was uh, Bethany Dillon with Satisfy, um, according to the piece of paper. It's amazing what you can do with um, old school. We're, we're doing yeah. things old school. This is old yeah. school radio this morning. Old pen and paper. Yep. <clears throat> it still works. Can you believe that? <laughs> pen and still paper. works. Newsflash, ladies and gentlemen, pen and paper still works in yes. 2019. Who <laughs> 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 uh, dear, amazing old technology. You did hear about the uh, NASA spent like $100,000 trying to develop a pen that would work in space. Are you serious? Yeah. And Russia gave their astronauts, their cosmonauts, pencils. <laughs> <laughs> That is so funny. Oh, go Russia. <laughs> That's probably an urban myth, but it's been floating around but for a long time. But that's a good one. I like it. It's, I like it. It could, be, could well be that there is an element of truth to it. Anyway, what have we got for the next clue for our quiz? Okay, so they, what book are my quiz? Uh, clue number two is this. Chapter 29 of this book, which is also the last chapter of this book, records the death of David. Hmm... Okay, I'm going to go this way. There we go. All right. Uh, okay, let's go to um, some more serious news uh, this morning. And Mon, we need to have a discussion. Okay, what have I done now? Um, all kinds of terrible, terrible things. But anyway, um, Adelaide City Council cancelled um, cancelled the um, their Christmas carols for this year. Um, and that was about a week ago. And they have just reinstated it after they have received a torrent of yes! outrage yes! from the community. I'm so stoked about this. My housemates and I had the biggest rant session about this. Oh, I'm so glad. We were hoping that this would happen. We were hoping that this would happen. Oh, I'm so happy about this. Yes. Okay, Go so community. you are super in favour of union of church and state. No, don't be ridiculous. I'm in favour of community and family events and tradition in this sense. But this is this is um, this is the state sponsoring. Of, it is the state sponsoring a religious, a religious a, event. Look, it if is, you want to take that, if you want to take that angle, then you must be in favour of paganism. Okay, so should the council? How would you feel then if the same council? Uh, spent $45,000 sponsoring Ramadan. Look, Lyle, Christmas carols, right? Christmas Don't answer my question. If you want to take it back, question. if you want to take it back to origin, then actually the, the, it's not the marriage of church and state. It's the marriage of state and paganism because Christmas is paganism, Lyle. Okay, that's fine. So they're, yeah. they're sponsoring a pagan religious festival. And do you know what? It, like, from paganism, it's progressed. It became a Christian event. And now Christmas and Christmas carols, and I'm talking specifically carols in the park, like those kind of events, have just become a family event that people love to go. It's, like an, it's part of Australian culture. And people need to have the common sense But it's part of Australian that. culture because Australian Ramadan culture not part- grew out of a predominantly right, and Christian population. Why would we ignore that? So Ramadan's not part okay, but, but of Australian wait, wait, culture. Think about the precedent that you set. The precedent is that the state sponsors religion. No, the precedent is that state sponsors and Australian culture. And it's only sponsoring one Australian kind of religion tradition. because it's not sponsoring all religions. And do you know why that is? Do you know why that is? Kind of because none of those religions have been able to um, to create a 
tradition that the Australians have loved so much that they've taken on board that even non-Christians will, or non-believers of that religion will go to. If Ramadan in like 50, 150 years has created a tradition that all Australians love so much that even non-believers uh, are taking part in it and it's become just something that you do during the Christmas holidays. But not all then Australians. Fine, not, sponsor Ramadan. Okay, then. but not all Australians love this so much because there are many Australians who are offended by it. But there's nothing on the planet that everyone loves. There's nothing on the planet that you can find that everybody, every single okay, so one in that percent case, then, loves. Let religion, re- let religion do their thing. I know and you let agree the state, with me, <laughs> and let the state do their thing. <laughs> no, look, I'm. I love giving you a hard time. I love. This you know, is awesome. I'm all for the church having like their mass and they do their thing, like on Easter and Christmas and that kind of thing. But you have to admit, we don't do carols mass in, in the, our church. Yeah, I'm, I'm saying the church should be responsible for that, not the state. But when it comes to something like carols in the park, it's become like an Aussie tradition. Like, uh, even if you're not a believer, I've gone to Carol's in the Park with a bunch of. So, atheists. isn't isn't this. Okay, yeah, yeah. And sure, we just, sure, we sure. love having a picnic, that. we love having an ice cream, we love singing along to Jingle Bells. Because you have to admit, even though, like, Christmas might now have Christian connotations, I mean, not really, now it's more materialistic. It's gone from, like, pagan to Christian to materialism. But even now, like, when you go to these things, they're not just going to be singing Silent Night, Holy Night, and, and you know, and, and Oh Little Bethlehem, whatever the song is. They're now singing, like, you know, Jingle Bell Rock and Rock Around the Christmas Tree, and, like, those aren't Christian. Can't tell this me is true, are. but you're not going to have a Carols in the Park that doesn't have a single solitary Christian song because you will have just as much outrage if somebody doesn't stand up and play Silent Night. Yeah. Do you know what? To me, it's almost like the same as saying we can't have Australia Day because not everyone in Australia is Australian. Like, psst, do you know what? It's an Aussie tradition. Get over yourselves. Okay, but even for people Into, who actually, are Actually, we Australians, shouldn't say get over yourselves. We should say, do you know what? Come and join in. You'll see why we like it so much. But even with Australia Day, family. okay, so there are there are there are many people who are Australians who don't appreciate appreciate Australia Day, and there's some um, significant debate about whether we should even have Australia. And that's Day. what I'm saying. Never going to make everyone happy, and there's like a, a little noisy minority in the yeah, corner yeah, that I'm wants to have the, a bad there time. Is a, there is a precedent. We shouldn't here. let these noisy minorities there is inhibit a the enjoyment of the masses. Yeah, there's a precedent. There's a precedent. You know, you set this precedent, where are you going to stop? Because, like, okay, this is a crossover festival between religion and secular society. I will give you that, but it's still very religious, and it is one kind of religion, and it doesn't cater to all religions because, Do you know, th- you know there's, a, the, there's a lot of Islamic people and a lot of Hindu people and a lot of Buddhist people who won't turn up to um, carols in the park. I know there's a lot from all of those communities who will. But the, just because they won't turn up doesn't mean that they should get a say in saying it shouldn't happen. Like, if, if we're going to cancel Carols in the Park, does that mean we can go cancel their Ramadan? Are we just going to be cancelling Okay, but aren't, aren't, you just, aren't you just trying to justify a cultural issue, a cultural it's thing? It's not a cultural issue. You're just trying to, you're just trying to justify it, Mon. You're just it's trying to justify it. Do you know what I want to know? Because you don't, believe, Do you know in, you council, don't believe in separation of church and state. First of all, first of all I didn't realise the council was in any way involved in the payment of Carols by Candlelight. But I want to, what I cost do want to know. And the one in the city costs you know, 250 you know grand. I do want to know, I want to know if they're like, you know what, we're going to pay this anymore. We're going to use the money for something else. That's what they said, right? They want to use the money for more inclusive events. I would love to know what on earth the council thinks is a more inclusive event. Because I tell you right now, Halloween. whatever event they create, there's going to be someone who's going to be like, I'm not included in that. If you create like some sort of, I don't know, rave where like teenagers get their drugs checked, I myself can stand up and say, I'm not included in that. That's not my scene. I'm not interested in that. I, I'm staunchly against that. You know, whatever, whatever you create, people are going to be like, that's not me. 
So I'd love to know what they're going to do with their forty-five thousand dollars. <laughs> ah, I love it when you get on your. They can't just horse. rip the guts out of Aussie tradition, and I'm so glad that Aussie just stood up and said, "Have you lost your mind? This is important to us." Get yeah, well, real. Um, on that, the let me see, local Liberal MP Sam uh, Duluk or Duluk um, said it was absolutely disgusting and silly PC decision. Amen. <laughs> Kudos to that guy. Chop, chop, okay, chop. so there are there are a couple of uh, points on, that I will give you here. I will say that I think because of our culture and our history, we do tend to be a little bit. Um, we tend to be more lenient to a union of church and state towards Christianity than towards other religions, and less sensitive to it. We do need to be sensitive to issues of union of church and state, but I do want to recognise that Christian Christmas has become sadly a secular um, festival. But at the same time, that is accepted by people of all religions because, you know, I know many Muslim people, for instance, that will go to um, carols by candlelight and that kind of thing. Um, and, you know, we've even had Muslim people come to our Dude, Christmas programs in church. How many atheists around the world celebrate Christmas? We, we, our church is full of atheists on uh, when we have our Christmas program. Mm-hmm. Not full, but there are quite a number who come because it's a time of celebrating goodwill. It is a time of... Uh, celebrating cheer and happiness and positivity, and we just don't have enough of all that yep. in this country already. Mm-hmm. We need to be promoting festivals that are super positive. And this is exactly what it is. You know, there are there it's are festivals out there friendly. that are just kind of negative, and you know, any festival that brings families together is a good thing. Families and positivity and good cheer and goodwill. You don't have to be any kind of religious person. And, and what you find is that. I'll guarantee that the majority of that outrage came from people who never, either never go to church or go to church once or twice a year exactly. at the very most. Yeah. Uh, but they just appreciate the fact that, you know, they grew up with this very positive uh, festival that you look forward to all year long and they don't want to see it go away. Amen. I completely agree. What's your thoughts? Give us a call 1 800 FaithFM. You take.
child of God Lift your eyes to see With every morning light Again we are redeemed Rejoice, O child of God Welcome back, everybody. You're listening to Lauren Daigle. Uh, and let me just look through the Power window to here. Powder Redeem. There you go. Um, here on Faith FM. And before we jump to our interview of the day, we have another clue for our quiz. What do you got for us there, Mon? Yes. What book am I? What book am I? This is the third clue. The first verse of this book is Adam Seth Enosh. Okay. There you go. Um, and talks about the reign of. King David. Which book might that be? If you know the answer, one eight hundred three two four eight four three is the number to call. Now, Mon, you know that uh, a couple of weeks ago I was uh, traveling around the outback and exploring all over the place. And while I was there, the thought occurred to me, we should do an interview with somebody who does ministry in the outback and find Ooh, out yes. what it's like to do ministry out there. Because, you know, there's not that many people who do ministry in the outback. One time we did talk to um, David Gilmore, who... Uh, is based in Alice Springs, but has a parish that extends like a thousand or more kilometers. I remember that. Yeah, I remember that. But I thought of this interview while I was actually in Burke, and I have the pastor for uh, Burke and Canamble, I believe it is, oh. uh, Seventh-day Adventist Churches, Sean Hepworth, on the phone. Sean, welcome to the show. Yeah, hi, um, Lyle and Monica. How are you going? Yeah, good. Good day, Sean. How's it going? Like, are you like out in the middle of nowhere right now? Yeah, well, look, some people call it the gateway to the outback, so I guess it's it's out it's out there. <laughs> so exciting! Okay, so just give us a brief description of the size and the scope of the territory that you look after um, with your churches. Okay, well, Canamble is uh, it's about 160 kilometres north of Dubbo. Most people would probably know where Dubbo is. And it's a township of about 4,000 people. And uh, Burke, if you keep on going west, you'll run into Burke eventually. And it's a township. It's a shrinking township. Um, it was a lot bigger, but in the recent years, because of the drought, it sort of shrunk to about 1,800, which is probably 1,000 people down on what it used to be 10, 15 years ago. 
So that's, uh, I guess, if you're looking at uh, square kilometres or kilometres, it's um, about four hours or 400 kilometres from Canamble. So it's uh, it's quite a jump between the two towns. Okay, so you've got 400 kilometres between your two churches, but if we were to go between your furthest spread out members, because, you know, just sort of looking at the uh, kind of, you know, area that that is, it's, it's fairly spread out, it could be significantly more than that. Would that be true? Well, yeah, Canamble, uh, particularly, we've got members that travel um, probably the, the furthest would be about 100 kilometres to come to church. Um, which out here is not not so much, um, not a big distance uh, compared when you ask the locals, but coming from the coast, I guess it's a long way. Uh, and I'm from the coast, so I still think it's a long way. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I, I think Burke is uh, pretty much more local. Um, we get more people from the, the township, although we've just started there really seriously. Yeah, both the church plants, uh, Canamble, there wasn't a church there six years ago. Um, and Burke has, um, it's, it's been an up and down uh, township as far as, um, having a faith based community there with seven day Adventism. So it's, yeah, it's just starting up again and we're doing some things there, um, now and, um, it's just coming along. We've got a Bible worker out there now too, which is, um, really helping things. That's fantastic. I, uh, I actually worked in the Burke region on one of the stations out there. Oh, I was trying to figure out when it was, and I'm thinking it would have been about 1988 or thereabouts. So going back quite a few years, and on my on my last trip out there, um, you know, a couple of weeks ago was actually the first time I'd been back to Burke since then. And I was, you know, back then the church um, existed and it was functioning. Um, it was, you know, it was always a small church because it's always been a small community. But it was a pretty rough town. I was surprised at how much Burke had been cleaned up um, since since I was last there. And uh, it seemed like a, a, a nice, tidy little town compared to uh, what it had been in the past. Um but yeah, certainly uh, the gateway to the outback. It used to be definitely in the outback, but now the um, civilization seems to be f- spreading further out, and, and now it's the it's the gateway to the outback. Do you ever get to do ministry out past Burke? Like, say, um, I'm thinking of um, some of the other towns that we drove out, um, or does your Bible worker actually get out to some of these more far flung towns that are sort of further out than Burke? Yeah, I, I don't. Oh, just getting getting around my assigned area, I guess, is um, is enough. Um, I, and I haven't really had the call. And being busy in those two towns, I haven't really deviated. But there are people that do work outside. We've got a lady from um, Lightning Ridge, Bueller, uh, and she's got a little uh, ministry van where she runs a, a food van out and, and, and helps people um, with a food ministry. Now, we've got someone in our church as well, a lady named Vicky, who has a drought aid ministry, and she um, goes further afield with, within about a 50 to 70k radius to the farmers around the area. So we are, we do have a ripple effect from, you know, where we, where our ministry base is. Um, yeah, but uh, me personally, um, I'm, yes, barely find the time to sort of, um, do what I'm doing, um, but certainly if the call came and someone needed, um, you know, ministering, uh, and I've got a little plane, and if they had an airstrip in their backyard, um, yeah, which yeah, most I'd people do, 
<laughs> yeah, that's it. Out here they do. <laughs> I was just about to say, like, I'm looking at all these, like, names up on the map. I mean, it really is in the middle of nowhere. And I, was just, I was just looking at the distance between Canamble and Burke, and it's four hours. And I was thinking to myself, man, imagine if he had two meetings on the same day in both towns. It'd be eight hours of driving in between. <laughs> yeah, that's, you that's, have that's, a plane. That's, that's, that makes things easier. <laughs> absolutely. And when I was working on one of the stations out there, we had a plane as well. And it was almost, it wasn't a primary means of transport, but it was kind of really up there, you know? Uh-huh, uh-huh. How often do you, uh, how often do you use the, um, how often do you use your aircraft for um, traveling to do ministry? I use it quite a lot. Uh, I prefer to fly than drive. Um, you don't hit as many roos in the air, um, which is good. Um, yeah, because we've had, you know, the, since I've been out here, we've we've had a couple of trips to the uh, the smash repair. Uh, they're a real problem on the road, and plus the time. I mean, flying, you can get money back, but you can never get time back. So for me, flying is definitely, whenever I can fly, I fly. Um, and I've got family on the coast too, and I just took my son back to college um, yesterday, and we left it. Seven, seven in the morning and we were back out here at Canamble at 8.30. So if that was a driving proposition, it would be an all-day thing or, you know, well over half the day and it sort of wipes you out for the rest of the day. So yeah, definitely out the, west. There's, yeah. not, there's not just the time, but there's also the strain that it, put, it puts on your body. Oh, definitely. And, you know, the older you get, like I used to be able to drive all day and most of the night now, um, I tend to four hours... Um, not that old, but four four hours tends to be all I want to really do behind the wheel these days. It's all right, Sean. I'm totally with you on that one. Um, I can remember being, you know, 18, 19, 20 years old and, and, and driving for 24 hours straight. And these days I think, why? Why would I do that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> four hours yeah. is plenty enough. What kind of plane are you flying? Um, I've just, just upgraded. I, I started off, I actually learned to fly out west when we came out here six years ago. I, there was nothing really to do as far as, um, not so, so much entertainment, but, you know, just interest. I like to do a lot of fishing and stuff on the coast, but out here there was no water right in the middle of a drought. So, um, and I went, went for fly with, uh, Gary Fraser and, um, I thought, oh, well, this would be a nice little pastime to take my mind off things and started flying with him and ended up getting my private license and, uh, bought a little, um, Cherokee, 150 horsepower Piper Cherokee four seater mm-hmm. and, um, used that for, um, just on three years, which was a great little plane to learn in. Um, but I guess like anything, you know, you, you want to get there quicker and uh, my wife comes with me most of the time, so it was a little bit uncomfortable and squashy. So we've just um, upgraded to something slightly bigger and slightly faster and it's still a Piper, but it's just gone up a model to a Piper Pathfinder, which has um, got a bigger engine and a bit more space inside and uh, it's got an autopilot. So, um, yeah, it's, oh, very it's relaxing. Lot, yeah, a lot more, more relaxing and um, less strenuous to fly and uh yeah it's good Nah, fantastic flying is great love flying and uh so useful in the outback where you've got those wide open spaces and everybody pretty much has a uh, airstrip in their backyard and if it's not well you just land on the on the road and taxi up to the homestead and tie down out the front that's what we used to do um, that's it well that's it yeah <laughs> or, or, or land in the paddock beside the dozer where it's broken down and work on the dozer all day and then um yeah off you go at the end of the day <laughs> Remember doing that many, Pretty many times it. out at Burke. Um, <laughs> Sorry, Law. Yeah, no, it's all mm. yeah. 
But um, okay, so Sean, you've you've been in ministry out there for a number of years. How did you end up doing outback ministry? You said you're from the coast, but what took you to uh, do outback ministry? Yeah, well, that's a good good question. Um, I was in publishing for quite a while. Uh, that I, I wasn't brought up a seven day Adventist, and I. I um, I was sort of converted when I was 24 and got into publishing, uh, literature ministry, uh, then writing kids' books and involved in that, that area for quite a while, about 15 years. But got to the point where, I guess, doing something for that long, I, I was going a little bit stale and um, just needed another challenge. So my wife and I spoke about our kids were getting a bit older and we spoke about <clears throat> perhaps going overseas and doing some missionary work. And... Um, so we sort of prayed about it and um, and I sort of had the idea that I'd actually, when I was canvassing, I did a bit of canvassing out at Canamble and I noticed there was a church hall there that wasn't being used as a church. Um, the the conference built it 20, 25 years ago and um, not sure exactly what happened, but it didn't, you know, the plans didn't eventuate and people left and this hall remained empty. And I remember looking in the window and there were, chairs lined up for high school uh, exams because it was towards the end of the year. And I thought, the thought just stayed with me that, you know, someone had a vision for this place. Uh, someone, you know, had, you know, wanted to put a uh, a church here and now it was being used as something else. And it was sort of, uh, I didn't dwell on it, but it was sort of a thought that stayed with me, with me. So when we were coming to a decision what to do, we thought, oh, well, let's um, take a 12-month break We'll go out to Canamble and plant a church, and um, yeah, we'll do that. So that's that's where the idea started, um, and obviously we didn't really know what was involved in planning a church because we would have planned a lot more than twelve months. If we had. <laughs> <laughs> We've yep. been out here for six years now, and um, yeah, so that's how it started. And we came out and uh, rang the conference up and to let them know what we were doing, and um, uh, the 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 bit where we really felt that this was, you know, God's will is that um, I spoke to actually Paul Gillen at the time and um, he said, well, just previously, we just, uh, one of the things on the agenda for um, that they had a meeting and Canamble was actually on the agenda a few days before uh, about what to do with it because it remained empty for so long. What were they going to do with the property? And I ring up a few days later, so I'm going to plant a church there. Uh, and I had no job at the time. I was just going to do some building and um, renovating because I'd done a bit of that before and, and just find a bit of work. And they um, said, oh, well, this must be from God. We'll um, we'll employ you. So we sort of planned to come out without work and uh, we drove out here with a job. So, yeah, it was quite a confirmation that that was – and that, that was good because – Things are hard out here at times, and having that sort of confirmation from the start that, hey, this is where God wants me, yep. uh, was a good thing. Yep, yep, absolutely. It gives you that um, inspiration to, to stick at it and to know that, um, that you've got a calling and that, and that um, God's going to do a work out there. Okay, so you've started from scratch. How many, um, how many people do you have turning up at Canamble uh, in the church there these days? Well, it does fluctuate, Lyle. It, um, you know, we've had up to um, 25 to 30 people. Um, now we're probably down to about 20. We're sort of in a, um, a sort of a downturn a little bit. We get a lot of people that are transient. We get a lot of professionals like, you know, teachers, ambulance drivers, doctors, nurses, 
uh, social workers that come in for a period of time and, and, and get their points up and then go back to the coast. So, you know, we've had um, quite a few that have sort of come in because they're not part of the fabric of society, the the, cult, the um, township here, and they come in and, um, you know, we get to know them and, and some have gone away baptised. So, hmm. um, but, yeah, it's a shame because you hate to see them go. You, you get to know them, um, put time into relationships and, get to know people really well and then know they're off again. So we've, we're probably down to about 20 uh, at the moment. That includes the children. We have a, a strong children's ministry here. Yep, yep, fantastic. And very quickly, how many have you got uh, out at Burke? Uh, Burke, yeah, again, that's that's up and down. We get a lot of people that um, visit for the – they come to the, progr- uh, the Sabbath program we have, uh, some from other churches. But member-wise, we've only got about uh, four – adult members there and um we haven't yeah so it, it's just starting off um so we we're we're sort of a little bit um push for human resources out there and that's one of the biggest challenges out west and it's something that i'd really like to um put the west on 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 the map as a, a mission field like they do with the islands because um the biggest problem we face out here is human resources um, people on the ground um, doing, you know, with gifts and talents to help out. So um, that's something that we're going to aim for uh, in the future is getting this put on as a, a missionary field, so people can come out for twelve months, eighteen months, and do a stint out here. And that would that would really push things along out here, I believe. Mm, absolutely, Sean uh, Hepworth from uh, Birkin Canamble Churches. Uh, thank you so much for joining us this morning. Uh, my pleasure. Thank you. Um, uh, Lyle, and thank you, Monica. Okay, so sooner or later we're going to have something happening here on our um, program. Not quite sure why we have no music. But anyway, there it comes. I knew it would be here sooner or later. <laughs> um, this will be the Forbes family with God Leads Us Along. You listen to Faith FM. In shady green pastures, so rich and so sweet, God leads His dear children along. Where the water's cool flow base, the weary ones feed, God leads His dear children Sometimes in the valley, 
To Faith FM, positively different radio. Forgiveness. It's easier said than done. But there's a program called Forgive to Live, designed to help us all improve our lives and discover the healing power of forgiveness. So if you're keen to take that first step, head to forgivetolive.org.au. Jesus 